The witch's cackle burns the eye that sees the danger you are in. Sometimes we're wrong, but we want to prove that we are right, so we begin. Watch out, there's a sword and it's coming for your neck. In this battle for salvation, in this battle for salvation. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 14 of the Battle for Salvation Warhammer Underworlds podcast this is max bernstein i'm still randall slate still yep haven't changed haven't changed nothing changes what what for i mean we got it going on and uh and and welcome everybody uh today we're going to talk about yothari's guardians but before we do that just to note a couple upcoming tournaments tomorrow at the carcosa club that is uh sunday june 10th starting at ooh, 10 a.m registration Yeesh. Uh, you're gonna be yeah I'm I'm going to make it. You're going to get down there. We're going to get there. Oh boy. Okay. Well, anyway, that's in Brooklyn, um, and uh, and we'll both be there. Uh, Mythicos Studios in New Jersey is starting an Underworlds League, uh, which I was planning on getting involved with, and uh, that starts on Tuesday. You can go on their website at Mythicos. It's like Mythicos Studios. Oh, I have it right here. Uh, MythicosEvents.com. And if you go in there and click down uh, to the June 11th date, it has, it's right there. And you can get involved in that. Uh, I, I would suggest only getting involved in that if you are in the area because it is a league. Uh, we have Tabletop Shop up in, uh, that's Newington, Connecticut, on Saturday the 15th. Uh, registration also starts at, ooh, 10, 10 a.m. Yeesh. Oh, but, but round one starts at 11. Mm-hmm. And uh, that one, I can't go to that one. Randall, you, can, you should go to that one. And you should. You're much closer. That is me. Father's Day weekend. Oh, is it really? Oh, so that's two reasons I can't go. But Father's Day is on the Sunday. This is on the Saturday. Yeah. I'm just saying. Uh, then there's Dad's other. Got to the lawn on Sunday. <laughs> oh, I got gotcha. you. All right. So, him. all right, fine. Uh, but anyway, you should go to that one. Tabletop shop's a great place to play. If I could have gone, I totally would have. Uh, we have uh, the West Hartford GW store on the 23rd of June at one o'clock. See, that's a decent. Hour. That's a good store. That's a good They got a lot of too. people up there. Yeah. That's in West Hartford, Connecticut. And let's see. The Rift, we just had um, one in Peekskill, New York at the Rift. Uh, first Underworlds tournament there. If you want to see the games that happen at that one, go to Christopher Sparks' YouTube page and watch me get super triggered when he killed me with a bat squig. After I killed his Molog, and yep. then I lost, and I'm still salty about it. You saw the picture on our on our Facebook page, which, by the way, everybody, go to our Facebook page, click like. We finally got over 100 likes. I'm very happy about that. Thank you, everybody, for getting involved. We have people on there from, from all over the world, uh, including uh, Australia, Canada, um, all across the U.S. Thanks, everybody. U.K., of course. All right. Anyway, last one at the portal in Manchester, Connecticut. That's on July. Oh, sorry. The peak skill one. Uh, the next one's going to be on July 20th. And that is a Saturday. And then the next weekend on uh, July 27th is going to be the portal in Manchester, Connecticut. I'm going to try to go to that one. Um, that is going to be a triple threat tournament. Listen to this. 
So in your deck, you have to have three faction-specific objectives, three faction-specific gambits, three faction-specific upgrades, and you're not allowed to have any restricted cards, but you are allowed to have one banned card. That should be interesting. And uh, you don't like that one, Randall, do you? I can tell by I mean, your silence. I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of weird that you have no, you're not allowed to play with restricted cards, but you can have a banned card. I mean, what are those things doing besides you know like collecting dust? It's it, it's. I think that's fun, and okay. it's it, you know pull it. Come on, man, pull out time trap. I mean, again. and also it it seems like well, yeah, but time trap, yeah, okay, yeah, with yeah, Mala, a, time trap Mala. Come on, man. Do it up. All right. Anyway, <laughs> do you even need it with Balog? He just gets inspired and. Yeah. No. I don't. I guess, does that even help? I don't even know. If yeah. You help. play Magors. Magors is great, man. Ooh, Magors with time traps, so so choice. All right. Anyway, so that's all the upcoming tournaments we have in the Northeast area. I think that there's one going up in Massachusetts at the Bolter Hole, but I, I have to I have to go find that out, and we'll probably tell you in the next episode. Okay, anyway, so there we go. So uh, what's, what's the news here, Randall? Yeah, we got an interesting article on the Warhammer community page on June 2nd, and they were talking about organized play events for this summer. They have that in the, in the title, Summer. And um, so we have a Grand Clash on July 6th and 7th, and that one, which, I mean, I guess was yesterday. And, oh. uh... Oh, no, July, sorry. It's 6th and 7th it's of July. July. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry about that. Um, they're going to have a Grand Clash at Warhammer World, and we have some changes to the tournament structure. Finally. Which we think are really cool. So, it's... they And they posted it right here. On the first day, you'll battle it out in five rounds of Swiss gameplay, and each round will be a best-of-three match. And, five rounds uh, is enough rounds, by the way. That that's that's a lot. Right, and then it yeah. says, um, with skill, cunning, and ruthless strategy to make it into the top sixteen, and be invited back for Sunday. So it's a two-day grand clash. Gotta love that top five, sixteen yeah, cut. Five rounds on day one, and then you get cut to the top sixteen. But then, well, hold on a second, but but let's just talk about that for a second okay. because. What that means is, and I think this is the right way to do it, that first of all, all of the undefeated players will make it, but also some of the foreign ones are going to make it. Yep. And um, I think that that's the way to go because you can just have a, you can be a great player and have a bad matchup and that might end up losing a game for you, even though you actually are one of the elite players there. So it makes the first day much more forgiving and it also makes the second, the, you know, the, the, the cut much more exciting. So I think that this is a, a huge positive and a much-needed step in the right direction. They, they, they have heard us far and wide, yeah. all complaining about this, and finally they heard us. Yeah, it proves that they're listening. And, and they also, you know, have seen it, you know, up in their own face, you know, when they have these 100-plus people events, and then they play four rounds and cut to the top two. It, it makes Seven no sense. people and are people undefeated. Get, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know. It's like ridiculous. And I'm sure they had... Plenty of people coming up to them and complaining because, like, some of this, like, if you were to do something like this in either 40k or like War Machine or or even like Magic or anything like that, if you were to say, "Oh, we're just gonna have a hundred people play," and then 
two undefeated people will play and then that guy wins like people that is unacceptable in up in arms yeah every other game so, so it's it's surprising that it's gone on for this long so gw game. we we appreciate you finally getting it right thank you very much right okay sorry was that a little that was a little too underhanded it was a little too too ba backhanded it was too backhanded uh it's fine so then the the but the the issue then comes on this next paragraph. It says, on the second day, three more Swiss rounds will determine the top two players who will then flash in the grand final. Yeah, but that mathematically doesn't make any sense. Yeah. If you have if you have top 16 would be like the the fourth round of a, you know, of a tennis championship. Right. So like, you know, we just had the French Open yeah. finish. There would be that would be the fourth round. The, the quarterfinals would be eight. And then the semis would be four players. So that means that if you only have three rounds on the second day, top 16, there's going to be four undefeateds, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that means we're still not getting down all the way. Yeah. Um, so closer. We're, we're getting there. It's a near miss. Yeah. But I mean, I like this. It's, be it's certainly better. Yeah, it's way better. And then, you know, with the Swiss pairing, uh, I saw uh, there was a great thread on the uh, Warhammer community Facebook group about, um, you know, some people that were actually arguing against this this kind of system. And they had some good arguments in, in um, with the strength of schedule. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there were, there were some good arguments. It was a really great discussion thread. I think that was on Stephen Van's post about uh, his newest um, blog post. All right. So I would recommend you you check that out and make up your own mind on what the best tournament format is, and try to only complain a little bit when you go. Yeah, because this is it's still a step in the right direction. Yeah, it's not a hundred percent, but it's much closer than it was because it was really just very silly before this. Yep. All right. Um, very serious toy soldiering going on. Yes. Uh, let's talk about the other big new rule about the boards. Uh, so oh, yeah, I, where did was this on? This wasn't in this in this no, article I though. What? I, no, no, it's it's here. It's here. A uh, new organized play rule about the boards. Players cannot use the same side of a game board more than once in each match in this event. That is huge. That is a big deal. This means that they must bring and use a minimum of two different game boards in total, giving them a choice of four game board sides. A uh, player could, for example, use the Cursed Oubliette in the first game, the Penitent's Throne in their second game, which is on the reverse of the Cursed Oubliette board, and then the Ruptured Seal in their third game. So you have to bring at least two boards. But to be honest with you, depending on what warband you're playing, you know, you're going to want to have, you know, whichever boards are the best with them. So you actually have to now think. You can't just have like one board if I win, if I win yeah. the role and one board if I lose the role. You now have to have like, okay, what's my top three boards if I win the role? And what's my top three boards if I lose the role? Right. So that's or top two, right? Crazy. What's that? Oh, well, I guess you could say top three if you if you go to three games and you right because you might go to three games and you might okay. lose right exactly so you have to have that kind of in your pocket yeah. another thing is you 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 might want to uh say okay like what happens if i win the board roll in the first game you know then maybe i want a different maybe my i want my better board to be in the second game mm. so maybe i save my my favorite board to play when i win right. for a later game I don't know. There's like, it's a lot of gamesmanship. Now you have to like really be paid. That's the wrong word. It's a lot of, uh, you know, strategic planning. planning. Yeah. Yeah. Like you have to, planning. 
yeah, I mean, I, I think that this is puts a really interesting wrinkle, and I also think it's going to separate um, more of like the higher skill players uh, from the rest of the pack here, because you have to really be making sure that you're paying full attention to uh, to the situation, and you have to make serious decisions because everybody knows that if you you know you pick the bad board or if you set them up wrong, it makes your game a lot more difficult. Right, and what I'd like to see is them to like either reduce the price of buying the new boards or don't make any new boards. Mm. If they're going to, if they're going to put a restriction on with, you know, like this into the rules of the game, it's, it, you know, it's very obviously encouraging you to buy the, buy more the other yeah. boards. I see and $25 that. $25 or whatever for a piece I... of cardboard is, is, which by the way, there's no way that thing costs $25 yeah. to make. And no chance. Those boards are really good. The ones that come out in the separate packs. Yeah. Um, I, I would say so. I mean, people were giving the 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 first one, the what was it, the Shattered City board, the 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 original board well, pack. The, yeah, before that one. Yeah, they were giving that one a lot of crap because the lethal hexes sounded like a bad idea. Yeah. And at the time it was because there weren't a lot of cards that, you know, like calculator risk wasn't there. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, so a lot of people weren't playing with it. Um, but uh, but but it, those boards have become more much more they're a playable lot more now. relevant now. Yeah, yeah, they're a lot more relevant now that people are looking at, you know, starting hex locations. Mm -hmm. Now that people are, um, you know, have have Malog coming in at them and they need to be able to knock them into something. Yeah. And there's no so, extreme flank anymore. So you don't have to like pick a specific one that has. Well, unless we go to the, the portal flank. on July yeah, 27th. Sure. <laughs> maybe it is yeah, there i don't know i don't think that's the band card you use and if you're one band card yeah I think, I, I think it depends on what you're playing yeah anyway anyway uh side note but anyway i i find that new board rule uh really interesting and um i kind of want to see what's going to happen there and i hope they do it at other ones here in the states so that we can try that out well we do have a tournament coming up in the states pretty we soon do. that is really exciting it's the american team championship atc any 40k players might know about that mm -hmm. that is a massive team 40k uh tournament with five people on a team and they're doing it for a shade spire this time with three man teams all right too and... bad this is in the middle of my family vacation. So everybody stop asking me to be on your team. Yeah. I can't go. It's a good one. Um, so it's teams of three players complete compete for glory. Um, and then when building decks, each team will have to ensure that no card is repeated across any of their three objective and power decks. That is really cool. So... I was just saying, yeah. Dean Bills better get down there with his two brothers. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so much, but they were they were they would be perfect for that. They would be. They, they already. What do you mean? They won't have to change their yeah. decks at all. They're just going to show up. Yep. Just show <laughs> up with their decks. They're like, this is our time. Mm. But anyway, and I, I really like this because this is very similar to the way they do the team for 40k. Like in 40k, you can take like a mixture of different factions depending on what you're trying to play. And a lot of times, like, people will kind of cherry-pick the best individual units from across the different factions and put them in their army. And you can't do that in um, a team tournament when, you're, when you can't repeat the factions like they do at ATC. 
So okay. it's very similar to the way they do it for 40k. And I like it. It, it makes it, it... It makes the lists a lot more exciting and the game's a lot more exciting because you're not seeing like just the same cookie cutter list all the time right yeah and you no, see a lot of a... yeah go ahead yeah go ahead. No, no no you got you go ahead you see a lot of factions that you don't normally see because you know you have to have five people you can't take like you know the top three factions you have to take four and five as well right and it's also dependent on your team's construction you know if you're playing I, yeah yeah you need somebody who you know is good at shooting somebody who's good at holding objectives somebody who's Good at close combat, you know, so you can create the mismatches when you do the pairings. Right. I, I think that that's really interesting. And, and there are um, there are enough styles of play with, um, you know, with Underworld's uh, warbands. And I think you could do that. You could definitely have an aggro team, a defensive team, maybe a magic-based team. Um, you can have a, uh, you know, a, a hold objectives team. Mm -hmm. I think that there's a lot, you know, you can have a tomes deck, you can have a relics deck. There's enough stuff there that I think that you can make three very different groups and, uh, and not overlap cards at all. Oh yeah. The tomes and, deck would be great. For yeah. This kind of and there's, thing. oh yeah, because none of, well, none of them are restricted unless they want to do tome of right. offerings. Very... Well, yeah, that's fine. You give tome of offerings and tome of vitality to somebody else and you take all the other ones that are not restricted or that, then they're not going to take. Right. I mean, it's, it's just, and there, there are enough restricted cards to go around. Yeah. You know, but, so... and then it's also going to be interesting to see, like, if you're having to share a, a pool of cards, the certain factions get weaker, you know, like is, Cursebreaker is obviously still really good, but like, yeah, does and, but, and they have so many worse if you have to if you can't overlap cards. Does Mala get a little worse if you can't overlap cards? You know, yeah, but you also have to you have to expect that your your opponents' groups are also going to get uh, worse the same true, way. So it's everybody's going to get a little worse. Yeah, and I, then, I don't think that's like a, I don't think that's a, something to worry too much about. Yeah, the interesting part is for, at least for forty k. I don't know how they're going to do it exactly in Shadespire, but you you sort of have um, your team captain will try to guess the matchups mm -hmm. you know, they they sort of uh the one captain picks one matchup the other captain picks another matchup and then they're paired together that way so like it's it would be interesting to see you know how people how the teams pair off the the different factions to see who can who has a it's really going to expose who has a good matchup against uh which warband all right. Well, I really hope that uh, you know we get a get a good report from that. Are are you going to that for forty k? Yeah, you are. Okay, so you'll you'll tell us how it goes, man. I, mm -hmm. I really wish I could go. It's just it's it's I I already had this vacation plan, sure. so not happening. Um, all we right. Understand. Uh, yeah, and I'm going to Nova. You're going to Nova, right? Hell yeah. I'll see everybody there. Amon said he's going to Nova. It's going to be huge this year. The, yeah. the, I bet I bet you there'll be like double the amount of people playing. What at Nova? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I hope so. I hope it's huge. Yeah. Um. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so let's uh, let's continue. Let's get to Yulthari. So, uh, so you were the one who was dealing with the Thundrix Profiteers, and they've been doing pretty well. Uh, mm -hmm. And now we're starting to see Yulthari have uh, have her day. Extremely and... good results from yeah. the past couple of weeks. Right out of oh, the yeah. box, too. No, no. Both of these two factions are kind of really legit, and I feel like this happened at the end of season one when Magors and Farstriders came out, and they were both pretty legit. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, but we're seeing that again. Um, so anyway, so let, let's take a look at these guys. Uh, so first of all, faction ad advantages. Uh, one thing that I said is the reactions. 
they all have reactions. Re- they all have a reaction built on their card, which by the way, helps with um, keep them guessing. So that counts. Um, let's, let's go down the list. Uh, you'll Thari, if she rolls a crit, it's it, a lot of them have to do with crits. Um, if you'll Thari rolls a crit, trying to cast something, she gets to remove a wound from her from her fighter card, which is great because that is also their inspiration mechanic. Anytime that they find a way to remove a wound, they will inspire. Uh, and by the way, Yulthari, if you're going to inspire anybody in this in this deck, it's got to be Yulthari. Um, moving on, we have let's let's go with uh, Gallinghan of the Glade, the the big guy, and he if. He's, his reaction is if he has a crit in the defense role, he delivers a damage to the attacker. So this is a good reason to put like something like Champion's Fortitude, which I played around with a little bit, where you get to re-roll and just try to try to fish for that crit on a defense. Um, also, he has a faction-specific one that I wasn't using, but um, uh, that gives him an extra die. Uh, it might be worth taking, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, but... Um, but that's a good one because he can deal damage on defense, even if he gets hit. Um, the next reaction is uh, Skathel. And um, after this fighter's attack with uh, action with a range of one or two, in which there's at least one crit in the attack roll, and the target survived, the target suffers a damage. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like built in twist the knife on a crit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or what is, no, what is it? It's like fighter's ferocity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the last no, one, uh... right? It's Fighter's Ferocity. That's the one where if you if you have a crit, you get you deal an extra damage. Isn't there one like low blow or I don't know something like that? Okay, oh, go, go, go look it up while I'm talking about Anslane. Here we go, Anslane, and this is a little tricky because I didn't realize this, and then I saw this particular card was being used by the Guardians decks that were winning. Um, you know, big grand clashes. And I, I didn't realize this, but this is actually really smart. And I'll get to it when I get to that. Here's the reaction after Anslain uh, makes an attack action that takes an enemy fighter out of action, make another attack action with this fighter. You can only make this reaction once per round. So you, if you kill something, you can do a double tap. And let's remember about that because she's got, she's got, you know, her bow, which is a three range attack. Um, but it only deals one damage. Um, we'll get back to that in a minute. So we have that. Um, another thing to really like about this warband is that they have a serious threat range. Everybody moves four at all times. Yulthari actually moves five when she's inspired. And then everybody except for Skathel has at least two for the range. Gallinghan has two. Anslane has three. She has four when she's inspired, if you choose to inspire her. And then Yothari either has a melee or uh, her spell attack has range three, um, much like Stormsire. Yeah, the combination of speed and ranged attacks is really tough to deal with. I mean, Anslane has a... They're really fast and they all have a three range. A lot of them have a three or two ranged attack. Yeah. Yothari, when she's inspired, has a threat range of what, like eight yeah eight yeah i mean that's that's across the board mm-hmm. you know especially if, you, if you're set up wide um even if you're set up like long ways you probably do it uh yeah long ways great. you can get to them really easily all right you want to go over the disadvantages yeah I, I mean the the disadvantages are that they have pretty low health initially a lot of them have uh three health to start and dodges the only one that's 
The exception to that is Gallinghan. He has what he starts with four health and has two. Gallinghan's a shield. Yeah. yeah, he has two defense dice on shields. Mm. So he's really strong. But then the other guys, they can die very easily. Three health yeah. and and dodges is. Anslane gains one when she's inspired, but I, I find health. inspiring her to be like not really that important. Oh, she gains more defense dice. Okay. Yeah, she gets an extra die, right, but it's on right. it's on dodges. Yep. So I mean, you you know, you put last chance in here. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And um, then their, uh, while their inspiration mechanic is kind of awkward, it's, it's not too hard, difficult yeah. to get to pull off. But yeah. uh, it is kind of awkward. You get if you really want to exploit it, you got to put some weird cards in your deck. But um, inspiring them is not really that important. They don't get too much from uh, inspiring, except for Yothari. Yeah, I, I found that Yothari is really the one you definitely want to um, inspire because she just gets much scarier when she is inspired. Her defense doesn't change, but her offense gets yeah. way better. Mm-hmm. She gets a plus one move and plus one damage to her um, to her spell attack, um, which is pretty good. But the other ones, not very much goes on. Um, Anslane does gain one range on her bow. And she does gain that uh, defense die that we were talking about. Uh, Scathel, I think, is the only other one that if you're going to uh, inspire them, that it's a really good idea because he gains um, cleave, which is really important nowadays, and yeah. also gains one more die on the attack roll. Gallinghan, and I wrote this down, and I'm going to say it word for word, when he's inspired, he gets a shitty AoE attack. That, that you would you never use. Never use. Yeah. You don't have to inspire Gallinghan. Don't even bother. Even against, you know, like, I don't know. The only thing that I would say is that the only way that this would be helpful is if you were playing against, like, Skeletons or Chain Rasps and you had, like, Haymaker or Potion of Rage and a, uh, you know, Great Strength. So in the case that you have all that, maybe you want to do it. Cause then you can like sit in front of everybody and just get them. But I mean, there's just most of the time that's not going to happen. I was just, I was going to say, so I, I don't think in, inspiring them is that big a deal, except for Yulthari, maybe Scathel. Right. I, I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, it's, it's pretty clear on the cards. Yeah. Um, the other disadvantage I have is, is that they sort of, lack the upfront damage that is required to uh, the damage and the the defense to be a straight up aggro warband um mm-hmm. despite being so fast and having a bunch of really good cards because yeah, yeah they all top out at two yeah the t- the two damage really hampers them um except for Anslane, who only tops out at one yeah so they have to kind of play a flex position in the in the meta but i think that actually helps them a lot it it, it makes them a lot more you know uh, adaptable to the different situations, different matchups. I think it, I think it makes them have to be a little bit more counter punchy. Yeah. Um, because you can just kind of sit back, wait for them to commit and then try to get at them. Um, right. You have enough stuff. you like, you have enough things in your deck that you can score by not engaging. And then yeah, when they back. come to you, you, you can use your speed to position, to outposition them and, and try to kill them. Absolutely. I found um, that when I was playing the dwarves, you know, you would put the when I was playing the Thundrix Profiteers, you would put the board out that had the block Texas right up front. 
Yeah, the two towers. And then I had to come to you. I had I had to get to you because I have all these cards that are like score immediately and then get more points for scoring immediately, you know, and I'm trying to waddle up there with my two movement guys. And I'm just sitting there. And you're just sitting there getting points and I yeah, and and then I come and I try to hit you once and then you heal and then get even more points. It's 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 a nightmare trying to kill these guys. Yeah. Uh, it can be, um, but I think I think using the board to your advantage is very helpful here. I, I well, noticed when I was playing least. them, what's that? For the dwarves, at least. Oh yeah, but they, for, yeah, you for, could deploy far away. I had to walk up towards you, and the and you had the the block Texas. Yeah, I found myself playing uh, diagonal and long boards almost exclusively when I would win the roll. And and just putting stuff between you got uh, my my opponent and myself because my threat range is so much bigger and I was just trying to maximize that as much as possible. A um, couple of other disadvantages though. Oh, sorry, one other disadvantage, um, and then one other thing that's actually an advantage and I just totally put it in the wrong spot. Um, the disadvantage is uh, you'll sorry if she dies a lot, you you lose a lot. She's yeah, it depends really on how you construct important. your deck, but the, what, the decks that the the top performing decks that we've been seeing have been leaning heavily on Yothari. Yeah, she and, is so um, powerful. So there's a lot of objectives that we're going to talk about later. Objectives, upgrades, and ploys that just become dead cards if if she if she's gone. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll use the Giblinism. Uh, you know, if you have, you know, if you have, or there's a lot of juicy cards you can use. There you go, Giblin. Um, yeah, really juicy stuff. Um, a lot of, you know, a lot of really great, um, you know, leech power is really good, um, especially if you're playing against an objective deck. You need Yothari for that. Yeah, we're going to talk any... about that. What's that? We're going to talk about that coming up in a second. Yeah. Um, and any of the magic cards that you want to throw in there. Um, there's also Song of Hatred, which is if you score two, uh, if you cast two spells. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff in there that's really good for having her around. If she dies, like, it really hampers a lot of what you can do if you have too many of those cards in there. You know, I, I've been using Well of Power. I've been using, um, you know, Archer's Focus, which you can throw on Anslane, I guess. But um, you know, so much better on on um, so much better on Yothari. Um, and then one thing that is a positive that we have not mentioned, and I just want to check to make sure I'm correct about this. I think I am. Yes, everybody hits on hammers. It does. Does. Gallinghand's inspired shitty AOE attack it on hammers, but you're not going to use it, so who cares? But does it? Um, no, no, no. It's on furies, but which is yeah, another reason so not that, to use yeah. it, right? But everybody hit rolls on two hammers, so uh, so they're they're fairly nice. accurate. I like that. Yeah, I like hitting on hammers. It's better. It's pretty good. I love hitting hammers. All right, so let's talk about some faction specific cards that we like. Uh, we'll start with objectives, and uh, you want to you want to go back and forth on this? Sure, sure. All right, let's get started. Do uh, you want to go first? No, you go first. I'll go first because I've been using this one. Live spirits. So I like this one a lot, um, and I also do things to try to beef it up. This one says score immediately if your warband makes its second or subsequent reaction in this phase. Now this is good because they all have a reaction on their card that's innate. So um, mm. all you have to do is, you know, just just roll a couple crits and you're in there. But what I have also been doing is I've been throwing in other stuff that also are reactions. I have last chance, which is a reaction. Uh, I've been playing with trap, which is a reaction. I've been playing with ready for action, which everybody should. And it's also a reaction. Potion of Constitution is so good on these guys. Mm -hmm. 
Um, yeah, the potions see. are all reactions. Yeah, so it's, all reaction. Potion uh... of Constitution, Potion of Rage. So there's a lot of them in there. But just don't forget, I think that this falls into that same category of you can't score it if you draw it up after it happens. Mm. I, I wonder if that's the case. Don't so when they FAQ, yeah, we'll see if they put that on that list. I, I have a feeling it because it says it says when uh, score what if. If your warband makes its second or subsequent reaction, it doesn't say if your warband has made two or more. It says yeah. when it if if it makes. So that mm -hmm. sounds like you have to have it in your hand when you do it. So if you draw it up later, I, I think I think you miss it. It becomes like a strong start situation. Indeed, this reminds me a lot of the Thorns of the Briar Queen have an objective like this, where it's just if you make a reaction, you you get it, and that one's mm -hmm. like the easiest objective in the game to score. Yeah, so this is a little bit more difficult than that. Yeah, because you need to. Not even a question. Yep. All right, uh, you, you, you do the next one. All right, we got a Reclaim the Lamentiri. This is an objective. It says, score this in an end phase if you hold all objectives in at least one player's territory. This is an interesting one. Yep. And the cool thing about this is that, um, you know, a lot of times people will try to put the objectives in their own territory or put them on the center line. So people can't, uh, you know, that people can't uh, Baneway Crystal, like, uh, away. So people will try to put them, like, towards the middle. The other cool thing about this faction is, and we'll see coming up, is they are very... They want to destroy the objectives. They have a lot of payoffs for doing that. So, yeah, well, because you have Leech Power, which is Yothari yeah. sits on it. You throw that ploy, you inspire her, and now it's gone. Right, so if you have, let's say, one object, let's say you have two objectives in your let's say you um, win the board roll-off and you have two objectives in your territory, you can destroy one, get, get score points, and possibly heal for doing it, and then you just stand on the one other objective with, like, Anslane or something like and, that. And, and you're in. Yeah. What was that? Oh, let me see if I can find it. That is called Scorched Earth? Yeah, the Scorched Earth is the objective that has to do with um, destroying the objectives. Right. Yeah, I was playing with that for a while. Um, I, I did eventually take it out for other stuff, um, but um, but I did play with that for a while, and I de it was definitely very effective. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Well, that's uh, just an, a, that that is just a uh, that's kind of like a signature ability of this warband is that they get they have in faction cards that destroy the objectives. Yeah, and this one that kind of has synergy with destroying the objective, so. And and just we found that destroying objectives is extremely powerful in this game, especially in certain matchups. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, everybody's playing with Thaneway anyway, so it just limits those possibilities. You know, anybody playing uh, keys you know, or the keys, yeah. I mean, and, and or if they're playing tactical supremacies, you know, just remember to remember to look for you know just look for one, four, three, and two, like well, five. Yeah. You can like kind of leave out but the other ones yeah i want you want to watch out for and make a um, note of them for game two if you play against somebody that's playing tactical supremacy one four or whatever yeah then maybe in game two be like well this objective isn't really relevant to me right now for the cards in my hand but i'm going to destroy it so he can't get the key and the tactical supremacy at the same time yeah all right yeah i mean and the other thing is you know you can you can throw your um on, on setup you can throw your objectives in your opponent's territory yeah, and that's what I found, you know, it, I don't know if this is the right section for it, but I found that when I, after, basically after you played this on me, 
when we were testing this warband out, I just started cramming your side yeah. of the board with the objective. And I just, then I go to your side. Yeah. I, I, got a, I got a good range. I'll just stand on your side now. I'll stand on the one that, that you threw in the back. Just like, oh, uh, uh, Randall, you lost the board roll off. You get three objectives. Okay, I'm putting them in your. <laughs> oh, man. First one down right in the back corner of your board. And you're like, oh, okay. oh, isn't there, isn't there like, hold on a second. Is there, there's one board. And I remember uh, Justin Lanigan from the Battlecast pointed it out that there's like one board where if you put the, if you put an objective on a spot, there's literally no other spot on that board sure. where you can put it. Yeah. Uh, where you can put another one, unless it's the last one, unless it's like an edge hex. So I forget which one it is. I think it's like a pen. No, what's, what's the one with like the little fort in it? I don't know, but it's it's that I think it's that one. I think if there's like one spot, if you put it there, there's like literally nowhere else you can put I'm sure. an yeah, objective except for on an edge hex on the last one. Deep board analysis, you can figure it out. Uh, maybe I should figure that out. Maybe I should go 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 back and check that out. All right. Anyway, next one, uh, sp faction specific, we have uh, Song of Hatred, which says score immediately if your warband successfully casts their second or subsequent spell in this phase. Now, if Yulthari is dead, this obviously is a terrible card. If Yulthari is there, um, you know, you can throw a few spells in there and also her attack is a spell. So um, it's pretty good. But it's not as good as the Curse Breakers one. Because the Curse Breakers one is just one. Those Curse Breakers have to be the best. Yep. They are the Space Marines of underworlds i guess so um but it but i was using that one a lot and it was fine and i was scoring it a lot just you just got to make sure that yulthari stays alive you really have to protect her in this game and then this uh in this war band you really have to Indeed. all right you want, you, you want the next one yeah this one's we're a little on the fence on this one but it is it is pretty good called yeah. strike swiftly score this immediately if a friendly fighter takes an enemy fighter out of action with a charge action which you're probably going to do at least once in the game. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think so. I mean, again, we have a damage output issue. Right. Um, that is an issue, but, and against the sturdier warbands like uh, Cursebreaker or um, Malog, if you're dealing yeah, with Malog specifically. Yeah, Steelhearts, Magors. It's going to be a lot more difficult just because yep. it's going to take two shots to kill But anything. against Goblins, um, great against Nighthaunt, this is a money card. You'll score this every single game against them. Um, I I originally played with it and then I took it out because um because of it, it was it's more like a meta call. You have to like who's who's playing like is there are people playing goblins in your meta? Are people playing thorns of the briar queen in your meta? Do you feel like you can deliver four damage? Do you have you know oh and you know trap doesn't help because it's not the charge that kills it; it's the ploy that kills it. Mm. You know? Yeah, it has to be the result of the charge. I found myself killing more with, you know, um, you know, things like Sphere of Akshai and I put Encroaching Shadow in. I found myself killing... Um, finishing with, people off with those. Yeah, finishing... Yeah. yeah, like I would... What I would do is that I would I would set them up till they were down to one and then I would use uh, a spell to do it just because right. it's like... Because then you can you can kind of like hold on. You don't want to do it ahead of time because then if you miss the thing... I don't know. It's just they're, they're, they're like... I found I found it to work pretty good, but not amazing. Well, the the important thing is that this is of of all the the faction specific objectives. This is definitely yeah. an above average one. So and you know what? Think about putting this four, one in your deck. Four faction specific objectives that lot. are playable is a lot. A lot. It's a good one. Okay, so let, let let's move on. Let's go to the game faction. All right. 
for the gambits, we have just two that we think are great. Mm. Or just two that we think are good. I should, I think I think I don't know if I would call them great. Um yeah. actually no, yeah, you know what? Well let's, uh, oh, let's, sorry. let's we have two let, why Yeah, why don't you make up your own mind about it? It's called Healing and Fora ploy. Yep. It says choose a friendly Gallinghan or a friendly fighter adjacent to a friendly Gallinghan and roll a defense dice. On a roll of shield or crit, remove up to two wound tokens from that fighter's card. Otherwise, remove up to one. So it's kind of like healing potions, sort of the same effect. You definitely uh, need a two on Gallinghan if it's him. Yeah, it has to be either on Gallinghan or somebody who's adjacent to him to get the well, healing. Let's talk about what this card really is. Okay. It's Inspiration Strikes. Yeah, you just yeah you just heal a guy and then they inspire. Yeah. We but here but here's the issue. Here's my problem with it. You're not going to inspire Gallinghan. There's, yeah. there's really very little reason to do it. Exactly. Um, but you can set up next to Gallinghan because there are plenty of boards where they have, you know, two spaces right next to each other and they're in good spots. So mm -hmm. you can put Yothari next to him or you can put Scathel next to him. who are the ones that you really want to make sure that you get inspired. Um, I did not play with this for a long time. Um, and I was saying like, oh, I didn't like it for the exact reason that I said. I, I then put it in because I wanted to get Scathel more involved. So when, what I will do now is that I'll set uh, Scathel and Gallinghan next to each other because they're your two heavy hitters. And you want them to do as much damage as possible and then get Yothari in there later as like cleanup duty because she's got that long range and you want to you want to power her up a little bit before she gets in there anyway. So I, I've started taking it just to get Scathel inspired and then just set them up right next to each other. Nice. Yep. So something to think about. All right. Um, and then we're going to go next. We're going to do Leech Power. Uh, and Leech Power, which I should have right here. Ooh, where is it? Come on, it's in this list. Uh, it's, of course, it's all the way at the bottom. That's what always happens. Play this on a friendly Yothari. Play this only if a friendly Yothari is holding an objective. Remove that objective from the battlefield and remove up to one wound token from that Yothari fighter card. So here's what you do. You have leech power in your hand and you have calculated risk in your hand. And this is what you do. You take Yothari, you run her through a, a hex, a lethal hex, land her on an objective, place the move token down, and then say, in my power step, I play leech power. And you get rid of the thing, you score uh, Scorched Earth, you've now scored two of your score immediately, uh, is inspired, and I've done that about three times in my game so far. It's pretty good. Yeah, the fact that, the, you know, the compounding of the, the you, you gotta realize that this inspires and heals and gets a objective point sometimes, depending on how you've constructed your deck, so it's a multifaceted card that works a lot really of well. And also hoses your opponent if they're playing objectives. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, very extremely powerful card. Yep. All right, let's talk about we got two spells that we like that yeah. are from this. And again, this is this is four gambits that we think are pretty good. Um I was playing with these spells. but then I so if you're playing very heavily into Yothari and you're having you're really placing a lot of uh, a, a lot of your decks uh, you know effectiveness on her and you're trying to keep her alive, these are two to have. I tr I'm trying my Yothari deck right now, trying to take a little bit of the pressure off of her and kind of spreading around a little bit more. So I took these two out, but when I was playing more Yothari heavy, 
Um, I, I had uh, at least Pangs of the Great Lack in there, which is pretty good. Uh, it's a Gambit spell on one focus. So you put Well of Power on her and it should go off. But of course, you know, just my luck probably won't. Um, and uh, the chances of this going off is the same as rolling one hammer or crit on a two dice attack. So mm. chances are you will roll one or the other. It's like a 50. It's, I don't think it's exactly a coin flip though. Is it a coin flip? Well, it's getting it, one, one or the other. I, I don't what know. What does it do? Math. But it says if, if the spell is cast, choose an enemy fighter within five hexes of the caster, which is wow. like a pretty big range. That's a huge range. And that fighter suffers a damage. You just take a damage. And, and that was like, that was a card that I was using as a finisher card. Yeah. I like the, the, five range from a guy that moves four or five hexes that is a lot it's it's huge and it's kind of cool that it's i mean i guess it's the, the fact that it has more range is makes it a little bit better than um raptor strike from far strider but the fact that it's a, a spell that could fail makes it a little worse yeah yeah exactly so they, and, they and, and not not just could like that. yeah yeah not just could fail like one focus that fails a lot mm. Um, I, I, again, I don't know the exact, um, it's, it's, so it's a 50, 50 on either die that you're going to get it. So what is it like a, so it's a, so it's like a 50, 50 chance then, isn't it? That's how that works. I'm pretty sure that's how that works. Yep. Um, okay. So that's a good one, especially if you need to need a good finisher card. And if you want to, you know, score, you know, say a sorcerer scouring, if you want to throw that in your deck, a song of hatred can, can be done with that. Um, all right. So it's pretty good. Uh, we have one other one that I've seen other people use. I never tried to use it. But man, I can see this being great against Molog. I can see this being great against uh, Curse Breakers. Uh, it's called Curse of the Dwindling. This is a Gambit spell. You need two channels, so I think it's a little less than 50-50. Mm -hmm. uh, this, if this, but man, is it a big deal. If this spell is cast, choose an enemy fighter within five hexes of the caster. Five hexes again. That fighter's attack actions have minus one dice to a minimum of one. The spell persists until that fighter is out of action. Now, when they say that fighter, I assume the target of the spell, not the yes. caster, because they would say the caster. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, so I, I, so you throw this on Molog, and he's throwing one die, one and dice, one yeah, die yeah. Molog is a sad Molog. Yeah, he's not killing much with one dice. Yeah, especially I, I, in, with these guys that have the the two dice uh, shields. Oh yeah, I yeah, can it. Yeah. It. So it's a little it's a little difficult to cast, but the effect is is huge. Um I mean I was playing with Cruel Taunt instead as my anti monologue. Mm. But um because you know that's a Cruel true Taunt, 50, that's, 50, uh, that's yeah. 50 50 too. And that's infinite yeah. range too, I believe. Uh and that one's infinite range. Yeah, I don't have to get close. Yeah. This one's still it's it's within five, so that's a that's still amount, threat yeah. range. Yeah. That's still within Moloch's But the, range. the the thing that makes this truly great is the fact that it says this spell persists until that fighter is out of action. Yeah. Because that's pretty backbreaking. It's kind of like uh, Abysoth's Withering. Uh, it's, I, I would say it's worse. Because, uh, yeah, you know, and it's harder. To a monologue yeah. that can't kill is a monologue that cannot be. Mm, indeed. <laughs> what did I just quote? <laughs> I don't know. The channel kill is one we got that upgrades should be a thousand chains. It's Alice in Chains. That's what I'm doing. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So now uh, let's see. We're moving on to upgrades. Yep. yep. Constant growth. Put in, slap an extra wound on that. Sure. So that's just plus one wound. Yeah. 
It's all right. Okay. All right. And the next upgrade we have is Warding Stance. And this puts an extra defense die on Gallinghan, bringing him up to three. Um, so here's the reason. So for me, this is a bubble card. I don't think it's an amazing card, but I think it's good. Um, because here's the thing. If you put it on Gallinghan, Gallinghan now has three dice. And of course, his reaction, if you roll a crit on a defense roll you deal a damage to the attacker and of course if you have three dice there's just a higher chance of that happening so um so i think that this is uh i think this is okay um but i also think that if you throw this on gallinghand people will just avoid attacking him right all right all right so let's talk about some generics that we think work really well with the guardians and what we have over here uh let's see uh calculated risk i think is great for a lot Everyone. of warbands yeah it's really good yep. but it's especially good for them because as i said before you can just run yothari through or you can run gallinghand through and have him land next to somebody no nah, well that wouldn't work so you would you would run uh you would run yothari through land on an objective throw leech power well they have or, healing yeah the, the fact that they have healing built into their a lot of their kits and decks means yeah. that they can uh mitigate the the risk, if you will, of uh, calculated risk taking the Absolutely. damage. Absolutely, but I mean, calculated risk is good in a lot of other decks, anyway. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, let's let's move on. Keep them guessing is, I think, really good because the reactions count as actions on a playing card per right. the FAQ on Scurry, right? Yes. Um, or or the FA yeah the FAQ yeah, the on FAQ Scurry. on keep them guessing. The if you if you pull off any of the reactions with any of the fighters in this warband then that will fulfill the um perform an action on a fighter card part of yeah. keep them guessing so I, I think this is good to have on them um also you know just uh, yeah, with the know, range the, attacks they're able to um do the attack without able moving to their, yeah exactly yeah. the attack without moving uh, I, I mean there, there's a lot of good stuff going on here uh, that that keep them guessing will be fine for um we also said sorcerer scouring but of course it only works if the damage comes from the spell attack itself or from one of the spells that you do. Mm -hmm. So if you're killing with Pangs of the Great Lack, if you're pilling, p killing with Sphere of Akshai, um, you know, uh, would it go off for uh, Absoth's Withering? It should, right? I don't think so. Well, uh, you, you killed him with a spell. He was there and now he's not. Uh, you have to look at the FAQ on Absoth's Withering for that, but I'm pretty sure that it doesn't work like that. Really? Yeah. Um, okay. But either way, the 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 fact that the Yothari's guardians have access to an infaction spell that does damage, on top of the fact that Sheer, Sphere of Akshi is now in the game, yeah. this this card is a lot more appealing as a as a generic card because you can actually that they have a wizard who does damage, and then an infaction damage spell and access to you know the generic spell. So I think this right. card is pretty good. But again, it's a reason why you have to you have to really protect Yothari. Yeah. If she but goes the, down, a lot of the stuff goes away. Yeah, but the damage spells can make up for the lack of damage on your fighter cards, so I think mm -hmm. that's why a lot of people are using those. Gotta be smart with her, though. Yeah. <clears throat> all right, moving on to ploys. Uh, we say last chance is good for a couple of reasons. First of all, it's a reaction, and also could probably keep Yothari alive, which is really something you want to do. Yeah, you got guys with dodges in there, so... Good. And, and you know, remember, you can use this on, you know, on Scathal, you can use it on Gallinghand. It's just that the chances of it going are more 50-50. Yeah. 
I like it when they attack Gal- uh, Scathel when he's not inspired yet, and he only has the dodge. Um, no, no, no. Uh, he's got no. He's got shields on both sides. Oh, all right. Yeah, these these are not the guys that change. You're thinking of your okay, my your, bad. Over, your overlords. Um, sure. All right, moving on. Uh, Sphere of Akshai is great. Yeah, that's just a. I think you just you know, take that if you have a wizard. Yeah, generic damage. But this is the card that we've been talking about for so long. We need a we needed a spell that just did a damage to somebody. Yeah, and we finally and I, have it. And it's just it's pretty good. It's pretty I think good. You can use it in any deck that has a wizard, right? With the possible exception of goblins, because they're probably doing something yeah, else. Yeah, we probably but, don't care. But if I mean, you're planning yeah. on dealing damage with your wizard and casting spells for your objectives, then it's definitely really good. Yep. Um, so uh, you use healing potion definitely in this deck. It's just inspiration strikes. Yep, I can't. Yeah, can't fail. Even though there is a dice roll involved. You can't fail on the inspiring your guy because he's going to heal for yeah at least one, one. At least, yeah yep um, let's see Abyssoth's unmaking if you're playing leech power and scorched earth you'd probably want to throw an Abyssoth's unmaking yeah. it goes towards um, it goes towards song of hatred mm-hmm. um, and you might you it's might really accidentally roll too. a crit and inspire Yothari. Um I, I I see that as being good it depends on what you're trying to do with the deck. Um, it depends on how like flexy you're trying to be. Yeah. Um, I think that if you're trying to be a little bit more aggressive, which again, my my deck got more aggressive the more I played with it. I started very flexy, and then I got a little bit more aggressive with it. Um, I, I took Unmaking out, but I was playing with it for a long time. I think it's great. It adds a. I I think the the destroying objectives is a right unique part of their cards and their their. Uh, objectives, yep. and I think you should totally exploit it. And it makes uh, you know reclaim the lamentary a little bit easier. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then we said transfixing stare. Well, that's just the I think the the mala anti mala card of choice. But uh, but also because you have a lot of ranged attacks, yeah. so you can you can just like kind of glue somebody to the spot and just wail away at them from a distance. Yeah. Or and you have a guy with a the Galangan as a two range. Attack, right. so he can just kind of run in there, attack, and, and then so does An- yeah, so yeah. does Anslay, and so does Yothari. Scathel is the only one that has to be standing next to something. Yeah, you can run in there, attack, and then play Transfixing Stare on him, and they can't really attack you back if they have to be adjacent to you without using a card from their hand. Yep. Okay. Uh, upgrades, and I want to add one to the list, by the way, because I didn't really figure out what it was for. This is the one I want to talk about, but we'll get into it in a second. Uh, so, as far as uh, upgrades go, we got Well of Power. I think he's a really great one. I think you use this with Curse Breakers too. I think you use it. With, I mean, I, I would definitely use this if I was playing Eyes of the Nine. Um, oh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, so Well of Power, if if a fighter is inspired, they can roll an extra die when they attempt to cast a spell. You throw it on any wizard. It's good stuff. I think that this is great in Thunder Buddies decks. You can make, uh, you know, you can either make uh, Storm Sire, you know, like a tr- uh, a three level wizard, basically. Well, or we're talking about Yothari, like a two, and Yothari becomes a three wizard, and she starts shooting and really causing damage. Um, but but the only the only issue is, of course, that she already has to be inspired. So like, crit fishing doesn't really matter here because mm-hmm. she would already she already would be inspired before you threw this on her. Or uh, no, actually, I, you could throw it on her. It just doesn't do anything until she's inspired. Um, okay, next. Uh, I say Potion of Constitution is really great. Um, I know, I think it was John Rees that was uh, did a whole thing on Potion of Constitution. 
was it him it or was Steven, it Steven? Steven Van? It was Steven. Yeah. Um, so, so sorry to both of you. Now, Steve, so Steven was talking about potion of constitution. Was it? I thought it was Reese. Um, and about, uh, well, first of all, it's a reaction. So it, it triggers life, life spirits. Um, but the other thing is that it acts um, just as good as, um, as uh, you know, putting great fortitude on something would be. But it also then does not trigger glory seeker and doesn't negate challenge seeker if you're using that. Interesting. Yes. Because it keeps your numbers down. So if you put this on Yothari or you put this on uh, Scathel or something like that, uh, you don't have to worry about other people coming at you and, um, you know, and, and or, or using Challenge Seeker against something else would still work. Because then you'd have the wounds the same number. Uh, sure. Sorry, still, still low. Yeah, if your Warband cares about making reactions, the, the potions are the way to go. And then there's the reaction thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, I mean, I, I think acrobatics goodness. You put it on Yulthari, um, potion of rage. I mean, all the all this other stuff. Archer's focus is still good. Um, Glory seeker is always good. Uh, Duelist speed. Some people have been using, uh, which is not That's too bad. That's a new bad. hot card. That's just I, whenever you when whenever you attack, you get to push your guy one space. Yeah, I've been burned by that a little bit. I was playing against um, Davy Calkins from What the Hex. We were playing a cam game. He was playing Far Striders, and I was going to win with my Guardians, but he threw Duelist Speed right beforehand and just moved his one of his uh, Far Strider guys out of the way, and then I was just – I couldn't reach him anymore, and it was a real pain in the butt. Um, but I think that works really well with these guys too because of their range. You know, getting uh, being able to shift over after an attack – and, and pick a new target um, is actually pretty great. Definitely. Yeah. Um, Tome of Offerings is good in any deck where you're planning on killing things. I think it's a little worse in this deck because it's not like in other warbands where there's one really like obvious like murderer, you know, like Magor is a murderer. You put Tome Offerings on him. Uh, Malog is the murderer, you know, yeah, yeah. you put Tomo offerings on him, you know, Storm Daddy is your murderer. You put enough stuff on him. He's one shotting things from a distance. Um, you don't really get that quite so much with this because I think that the power is very spread around, except for maybe Ulthari. If you get her really, really jacked up, uh, then maybe you throw it on her. Sure. All right. And now here's the tricky one. Are we all ready? This is the one when I saw this, and we're, we're going to talk about it again when we talk about the uh, the UKGE winner. Um, here's the one that is really tricky and totally worth doing. Null Zone Spear. So that is the one where it's a two-range attack. Two hammer. On hammers for two, two damage, damage. And you can re-roll, re-roll against wizard. wizard. Yep. Now, who, now you put this on Anslain. Uh-huh. Because if she kills something she gets to react and do another attack. It doesn't say it has to be with her bow. Yeah. So you can go up to a chain rasp and stand in a spot that's two away from your first target and two away from your second target and double tap two chain rasps off the board. One yeah, a lot go. of times the problem with those uh, like attack and then if you kill someone, attack again or something like that is a lot of times you have to put your fighter in in base contact with two of theirs and then they get support so this one being a two range um kind of helps with that and also anslane's attack is kind of garbage 
well i mean she's got range but she doesn't have damage yeah and if you're gonna if you want to kill something you better have more damage <clears throat> plus if you have nullstone spear you could throw great strength and glory seeker and polish off two you know you know yeah. slender buddies in one shot or two magors in, in in one activation if you're lucky you know um so i so the the nullstone spear actually is pretty great to put on her and, you know, another thing is you can do one shot with the Nullstone Spear. And then if, the, you know, the other guy's too far away, you can pull out the bow and shoot her there. Basically, it, tur it turns her into Caddis Edverdeen. Yep. Pretty cool. So um, I, I never thought about that. I threw it in now. I've used it a couple times. Um, and uh, it, it, I, I see it. it. You're loving it? Uh, I'm I, I'm I'm definitely liking it. It's definitely in it's it it, it makes the cut now. Mm -hmm. I, I don't it's not my number one but it's definitely making the cut it makes Anslane um more uh viable in the warband mm -hmm. if you can put that on her so let's move on to a real controversial topic now boards oh now that there is a new rule where you have to use different boards that your board choices are yeah you gotta oh so i'm just just pulling out yeah you gotta think about it now mm -hmm. damn all right, so uh, let's take a what look. What are some boards that you really like? Oh, so I like the Forbidden Chambers boards. I like the Bermuda Triangle Both and the them. Two Towers. Both sides of it. Yeah, that's my little Lord of the Rings thing right there, you know? Okay, so we have the Two Towers. That's the one where all three of the – there's three starting there's hexes. Three starting facing, hexes in a yeah. row. You have one um, – I have the board right in front of me. You yeah. have the, uh, the one um, – you know, lethal hex, which is great because if you, you know, you can put Anslane or, or Scathel in the back yeah, or, or in the back on the back risk, one, yeah. run through it, score calculated risk. And then another thing is it has a lot of good spread. The other four, you know, you have the three in the middle, which are great, but then the other four are very spread out. And three of those other four are on edge hexes. Um, so it lets you, you know, if you want to hidden path something, if you want to, you know, uh, you know, just spread your guys out so that if Malo comes in, he can't just smash, 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 smash. He has to like smash and then move. Um, but the other thing is that if you, I would play the boards diagonally a lot and um, um, off to the right side so that the two towers are kind of like in the way. And, you know, if you have, you know, if you have, uh, you know, gun dwarves coming in, as you as you mentioned before, it really interrupts that. Far striders, if they're coming in, it really interrupts that. Um, you know, things have to come around. So if you're playing kind of cagey in back and just trying to get your, you know, wait for your opponent to commit, I really like this board a lot. It also funnels them through the two towers, and you can kind of gum up that spot right there. Um, so I, I really enjoy this one. Um, I would say the other side, the... Um, the uh, the Bermuda Triangle board is great because you have four hexes all the way in the back, which is pretty good. Um, a lot of people have been playing this one to be aggressive with a team, like with Magors. If you're playing Magors, you should use the Bermuda Triangle too because you have all four of those um, starting hexes way close to one side. And even though those lethal hexes are there, they're like way in the back. So by the time you move, you're going to be out of the way jumping in there. Um, but but if you flip it around, you put them in the back. You know, if you want to hide your, you know, guardians in the back, you can do that. It has one block text. It has uh, lethal hexes for you to run through if you're going to play um, calculated risk. It also has one edge hex way up close in the corner. And uh, so if you want to maybe put Gallinghan there and do a little damage early. Um, I've also had it in a way where um, I put Gallinghan in the front and 
and if I win the board roll off, I can actually put a, um, um, a starting hex uh, right there, which is in his threat range for him not even moving. And if they're playing something like Thorns of the Briar Queen, or if they're playing, uh, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, Thorns of the Briar Queen. Goblins. Goblins. Um, guard, uh, you know, uh, Sepulchral guard. guard. I'm getting there, man. It's late. Um, you can kill, you can take the first activation, have something dead on the first turn. Um, you know, without even moving, just Gallinghan with his, uh, with his range. Definitely. So, um, I, I like this board on either side, to be honest with you. So this is a great board to have if you're playing guardians. Um, it's the one that I was using, I would say the most. Uh, now tell us what, what board is good against guardians. If you're playing against Yothari's guardians. You know, any of those like wide open boards and, and, you know, setting them up um, wide, you know, just like so that, you know, long edges are touching all the way because um, they become a little bit more, um, they become a little bit more thready because they can kind of get everywhere, but also they can't hide as well. Um, and I, the way that I was playing the guardians is I was trying to hide them back um, and, and then wait for my opponent to do something and then get them. Um, if you're playing wide with something wide open, there's no place to hide and it makes, and also, uh, you know, if you especially if you have like, um, a, a war band that's shooting, so far striders or, um, overlords, you know, you're definitely going to want to do that. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, that, that, that's how I would do it. Um, I don't know. You, you were playing against, uh, my guardians. What, what did you think about that? Well, I've only ever played them with the dwarves and I just was kind of struggling since I kept losing the board wrong. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So, so I don't I really had... know yet. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But I'd he... say maybe, I mean, it depends on your faction. You know, if you want to play defensive, I definitely pick some um, cards with some black Texas. Yes. Yeah, so or sorry, not cards, uh, boards with some black Texas. Yes. Yeah. So what, what, what's that one? Uh, Soul Refractor would probably be Soul Refractor. That's a good one. Yeah. The Soul Refractor also kind of messes up people that have two range melee attacks too, so. Yeah, because you because then you can hide behind and I can't you can't poke through them. Yeah, right. Yeah, I would say so. I, I would I would say solar refractor is one you definitely don't want to see. Yeah, the problem with solar refractor is it does not have a lethal hex on it. Right. So if you're playing so if calculated you're playing, risk, right. then yeah. Which of course you are. All right, you want to maybe talk the forge about... the forge that has two lethal hexes and two block hexes, I think. Which one is that one? The penitent forge. Penitent no, 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 not the, no. It's the it's the one that's the arcane <laughs> nexus, and then the other the, on the back. There, well, there's the penitent throne. Yeah, that has one little that has one like double block tax, and then the two. Oh yeah, that one, one could be good too. That would be no. Block actually, taxes you know, are good. This was actually the one that I was playing. Uh, if I was the guardians, like on my third game, if I needed like a third one. Mm. I like this one a lot because actually you can flip it around and there's like two spots in the back that you can kind of hide behind those blocked. And then there's also like um, enough uh, starting hexes next to each other. So if you want to put Gallinghand somebody next to him and throw a healing amorpha, you can do that. Cool. Yeah. Penitent Throne was another one that I was using Well, as the, as the Guardians. So as you can see, this is a pretty powerful faction and they have had some great success in the recent past great and success we gonna, That's great an success statement. we were going to talk about some of the tournament winning decks that have been popping up uh from the recent events well the the, the uk uh game expo the final table was two guardian decks yeah so i guess they're good 
Yeah, for real. All right. Um, so let's talk about um the second place board. The oh, second, second place, place deck. Uh, yeah, let's do second place first, okay. right? All right. So these decks um, are actually quite different. Yes, they are. Yeah. Um, in, in a lot of ways. Uh, so one thing that this uh the second place deck has is uh it has well it has twelve gambits and twelve upgrades, which I I I understand. We don't agree but, with, but yeah, I know. don't really agree with that. I I understand that that's just a thing that this guy does. Yep. Um, okay. So any, anyway, so the objectives, we have, uh, escalation, superior tactician, live spirits, reclaim lamentary song of hatred, strike swiftly, calculated risk. We have death from afar, um, fired up scorched earth, sorcerer scouring and what armor? I don't know if, Oh, what armor yeah. with one guy, yeah, a lot of risky ones in this. That's in, Yeah. There's a few risky ones. I think death from afar is a little risky. If yeah. some, you know, if Yothari dies and Anslane's not killing anything, from from three without one damage, definitely yeah, leaning heavily on Yothari herself. And yes, very heavily on Yothari. And what armor? Um, I don't know. I just see that deck. I see that card in every deck now. Even if the guy, one guy, has cleave, you it forces it, yeah. you. But it forces you to definitely inspire Scathel and keep right. him alive and have him do an attack. So um, yeah, I don't, I don't know much about that, but but, uh, but you know it's it, it's eight score immediately cards. It's a lot, but it's only sixteen total glory. Mm. So um, it's a little little bit of a low a uh, little bit of a low floor. Mm. Um, anyway, uh, gambits. Here we go. We got healing potion, as we mentioned before. Hidden paths, which actually I wasn't using because yeah. they're so rangy. So yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like hidden paths is good. I there were some games where I wish I had it. I like but, hidden paths a lot more on, um, you know, slow guys or melee guys. Yeah. Because there's no chance they're going to get to the other side of the board oh, yeah. sometimes without without it. Yeah. Whereas I mean, with, you know, Yothari, she can run five and then shoot three. So it's like, you know, yeah, you're not really safe anywhere from her. All right. We got last chance because it good works one. here. I think it's good. You got to keep Yothari alive. Um, and you got to you got to score live spirits uh, ready for action because mm -hmm. of because you must. Because you're playing Shadespire, so you you're have playing Shadespire, you're going to have it. Yeah. Curse of the Dwindling. So this one had Curse of the Dwindling in it. Probably anti-Molog. Yeah. Okay. Healing Amorpha, fine. Uh, Leech Power, fine. So so he, so this deck has three things in it that will um, that will inspire three characters. Um, I, that's, I mean, it's, it's a lot. There's a lot going on there. Mm -hmm. uh, Pangs of the Great Lack. Absoth's Unmaking, Absoth's Withering, Sphere of Akshai, Transfixing Stare. So it has a lot of stuff that we yeah. talked about. A lot of spells um, with Sorcerer's Scouring. In the deck five also. spells. Yeah. And yeah. Song of Hatred. Yeah. And so. uh, and one, two, three that do damage. Mm -hmm. Yep. Pretty good. Okay. Pretty good selection of spells in the game now. Well, Absoth's Withering doesn't do damage, but it effectively does damage. Yeah, yeah. All right. Upgrades. Acrobatic, which I mentioned. Great strength, which I think you should definitely have in here. It's good on Gallinghan. It's good on um on Scathel. Um it's good on it's actually decent on Yothari because she also has that melee attack, which is pretty good. Um constant growth, which is the you know the, the, the plus one warding stance, which is the plus one defense dice for Gallinghan, which we mentioned before. Um Fainway Crystal, Glory Seeker, sure, sure. Potion of Rage, of course. Seeking Stones. Mm. That's the second time we've seen Seeking Stones in one of these big decks. Mm -hmm. um, that's popular, the one. Popular in Europe, Seeking Stones. Very popular um, because you can't use, um, it has, it basically acts as cleave against dodges. Yeah. 
Okay. Only does one damage though. Only does one damage. Yeah. I mean, you know, you well, you put Glory Seeker on it. It's a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. For all it those four on, health dodge. It's on hammers. Yeah. It's, I mean, I, I I see it's 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 useful. I don't know if I would choose it. I, I can see people using it to great effect. Um, let's see. We got Tome of Offerings, Tome of Vitality, and Well of Power. All stuff that we talked about earlier. You know what? Se- right. Seeking Stones might be good on against goblins. It'd be great against goblins with the snurk. If someone's trying to do the snurk with the, with but, all the but you, yeah, but the tomes and stuff, yeah, yeah, but glory seeker. Well, I mean, it's good because it would hit things from a distance and and knock them off of stuff. But if you wanted to kill stuff, glory seeker is not going to work on it. I mean, what would you put on it to make it deal enough damage to kill one of them? You just attack them multiple times. <laughs> I guess. Okay. They don't roll for it. I, I hope not. But however, my opponents seem to do that a lot. Yeah. Or at least it feels that way. Um, okay, and then we have the uh, the winning deck, which is there, there's a lot different here. First of all, only twelve card sets were used. That's interesting. Um, here are the objectives on the winning deck. Uh, this is Alone in the Darkness, uh, which I like. You in, like in this deck? I liked it. Um, I think it's good because you're going to lose at least one or two guys. Um, and they're, they move so much, you Everybody can has space range. them out. Yeah, you're going to kill a few things. I, I found that I was scoring Alone in the Darkness more than I wasn't. Um, uh, Escalation, Master of War, Superior Tactician, Live Spirits, Reclaim Lamentaries, Song of Hatred, Strike Swiftly, a lot of the same stuff. Uh, Calculated Risk, Keep Them Guessing, which I don't think I saw on the other no. one. This is the, yeah, this is only he has I like one, Keep yeah. Them Guessing in the stack. I yep. think it's super easy to score. Yeah, and remember, too. each... Uh, and remember, they, they all have, uh, you know, a, a, a reaction on the card. Like, you know, it's, right, it's, right. one of them is going to go off. It's uh, not like you have one guy that has an action on his card. Like, right. you kind of trade that off. You have a, like, for example, if you're playing um, Thorns of the Briar Queen, you have Varklav. His thing, all you have to do is spend an activation and it and it works. And that, right. that part is fulfilled. But then but you have Yulthar- to spend an activation. Well, yeah, but with Yulthari's Guardians, any of them can do it. And it but might it happen. has to be like on a crit or some kind of special conditions. So. Yeah, but it might, but it's going to happen. You don't have to spend an activation when it happens. Exactly. So you yeah, might just so. get it for free. If somebody attacks Gallinghan and you roll nice, like it's yep. just going to happen for free. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, solid games, solid which games. actually I have in mind also. I think I was, I think I was running that too. Let me see. I had Master of War in mind. Does this guy have Master of War? Yeah, he does. Uh, I have Change of with, Tactics. Yeah, with um... Victory after Victory. No, he doesn't have that. With Keep uh, Guessing. With keep them guessing and a lot of these score immediately, so I think solid gains is yeah, pretty good. Yeah, solid gains is good. And you probably kill one thing in a, in a round. And Sorceress Scouring, which again, you have to just make sure that um, that Yulthari stays alive. Here are the Gambits. Um, I have a few of these. No, I, I have a few of these too. I, not, not exactly the same. Um, Cruel Taunt, which I put in, and again, that's anti-Molog tech. I really like the one against Molog. I think it's better than rebound. It's more likely to happen, and it also works um, over multiple. If you get it to work, it works on multiple attacks. For the rest of the game. For the rest of the game. It's not just for that one. Um, Distraction. I think you should have distraction in your your deck no matter what. I I, I really, I, you know, I I, I was talking with John Rees. We were were, uh, messaging to each other, and he mentioned, oh, you should have distraction and everything. Mm. And I'm like, really? Distraction? Not sidestep and everything? You get to move your thing? It's actually much better to be able to move your opponent because that works just as well. Like, if you're trying to get, like, a range correct, it does the exact same thing. Um, But then it also has the added effect of if if you see them standing on an objective, you can take them off of it. Right. I think the... uh, the 
the time the only time you'd want to run sidestep over distraction is if you're really trying to play to the objectives really hard right with the supremacies and the stuff like that but you probably have distraction in your deck too if you have that. yeah maybe both um, well you definitely do because you need to get you need to back people off you back the enemies away yeah um all right the next one that this guy has is a uh, duel of wits that's an interesting which, one which no no because you know why because i just saw it because it's, it's a, reaction. a reaction yeah it's, it's a reaction, reaction but, and you draw know. cards yeah yeah I, this this card has been falling in popularity um, yeah it has i mean i used to a play lot of really a good lot. gambits in the game now but i re i still really like this one especially if you um have synergy with with reactions it mm -hmm. just thins your deck and lets you get to the the better cards in your get, deck. get to the good stuff we have yeah. uh let's see we have ready for action we have rebound also a reaction we have uh curse of the dwindling which we talked about absolve's withering sphere of action transfixing stare so this guy really Lots thought of he gonna, tech yeah i'm gonna run into Malog. i wonder if he did all right upgrades blessing of vitrix what is that that you just get an innate it channel channel so so here's the thing that does not help with Yothari's attack. Um, attack and it'll make sure Akshai withering and dwindling go off. But yeah, it's only got three cards for that. I don't know if I, I mean, I, I don't know if that would make the I, I see why he put it in there, but I don't think that makes the cut for me. Mm, I could I, I mean, could I could see. Using he won a because, giant trophy, so like here yeah. we go again. I can see like, using it though because um, he does have the sorcerer scouring and song of hatred, and he really wants all of his spell gambits to actually go off. Yeah, and that'll really okay. help because he's not using any um, focus spell gambits; they're all right. channels. All right, so uh, we have champions fortitude. I like which, it. Again, you throw that on Gallinghan, it just you can just fish for crits and deal damage if somebody tries to attack him um glory seeker i think is great uh no great strength of course there's the null stone spear right this is yeah this is the null stone that's where i saw it and i was looking at uh -huh. that going like what is that for and then i then you know i was i forget who i was talking to it might have been carlin um yeah and and uh and there you go uh potion of constitution potion of rage sudden growth yeah, uh, that's, that's one. probably well that's probably keep Yothari alive too. yep keep Yothari alive she's already really fast yeah, uh, you're gonna still do you're gonna still do three when she's inspired if you yeah. if that's on her. Like that's pretty good. And so your threat range goes from eight to six. Oh boo yep. boo. Yep. Tome of offering, well of powers. Pretty good. Yeah, well of power is just so incredible. And yeah. It, and the other thing is is that there's several cards in here. Well of power, Nelson Spear, uh, that they have um that they have alt art cards for. Oh, See, well I think of power has an alt art? Yeah. Oh yeah, no, we knew I that because yeah, that was the preview one that came out before. We knew, yeah, yeah, and and the Nullstone Spear also. Oh, it's nice, and you know what? It has Yolthari on it. It's wow, very, very pretty. Maybe that's okay. where the guy got the idea to. I mean, I'd rather I'd rather stare at Yolthari than than who's that Zarbag? Yeah. No, it's Zarbag on oh. the other one. Yeah, <laughs> that's an eyeball. Bugs me out. Follows me wherever I go. Yeesh. Okay, so there you go. I mean, I I can see why this one did really well um i it's it's got plenty of anti-monologue tech there's a lot of synergy between the cards yeah. i yeah i i see a lot of good stuff i like here. this deck a whole lot and 18 total glory in the end is it's a little bit pretty, yeah pretty a little good. bit better yeah um i think it's good and 10 10 gambits 10 upgrades you like that always good
And 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 duel of wits and duel of wits, yeah, Which really means things are gonna really out. show up. Yeah, playing with duel of wits is kind of like playing with uh, nineteen cards. Yeah, it is. I mean, the I, I like improvisation better as a card, but because you're playing light spirits and you need the reaction, uh-huh. yeah, I can see I can see uh, switching that for duel of wits in this case. All right, and now it's time to move on to our final segment: keys to salvation. Uh, this week, our suggestion to you out there is to watch tape of games. Um, this is something that um, that people in sports do all the time. They'll watch their own games, especially, but they'll also watch games of uh, of a uh, tape of other games and to see like how does this guy play and how does that person play. And I think that that is very relevant for Shade Spire as well, especially since there's so much content on YouTube right now. Uh, I, I really do suggest watching games and especially if you can tape your own games. And so I've been playing a lot of cam games lately and uh, we've been, we've been recording those and then I can go back and take a look like what mistakes did I make? What cards should I have played? Should I have done it here? Should I have done it there? You know, I can look for, for telegraphing and my opponent. There's a lot of stuff to look for. Um, so, uh, one thing that I suggest everybody goes out there and does is go on YouTube and check out a few of these, uh, a few of these, uh, what do you call them? I guess, I guess they're bat rep stuff, they're channels, right? So a couple of good ones out there. Let's see. Um, Battlecast, I think is one of the better ones, you know, Justin Lanigan, we mentioned him before he's been doing some great stuff. Um, and he, he has a lot of other stuff for other games. And he also talks uh, a lot about, you know, just the state of Shadespire in general, um and and you can watch uh any of his stuff but his but the bat reps that he does and he also has the people that he plays against really know what they're doing so um that makes the games really interesting um i think agents of sigmar are good uh i feel as though they stopped doing the faction fraction thing which is the thing they used to do where they put a lot of faction specific cards in their decks but then the decks became a little less viable in tournament play and i think they kind of shied away from that a little bit recently so they might be worth checking out again um, for those of you who uh, who were going like, I don't know, faction fracture, maybe not, but n- but now people I think like they're doing a good job. Crap. People like to see that. Yeah, but it's just like those those decks. You put too many faction cards. Some people in there, like they that. Less, yeah, but they become less viable. That's a good. It's a good All channel right. to watch. Well, if you enjoy, it, if, again, you, if you enjoy playing that way and you want to go to tournaments anyway, where there's like no restrictions, you should watch their channel. Yeah. All right. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I I recommend them. I think that they're good. Um, I I've also a, note, a new channel that came out um decently recently, decently recently That's is a uh, skirmish yeah skirmish miniature gaming or SMG, mm-hmm. uh, which <laughs> which I'm surprised it doesn't stand for suck my game, which is what I thought it meant, but it's <laughs> not. <laughs> it's 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 a skirmish miniature gaming. They do a lot of editing on their games, so you don't have to sit there and watch the players think about what to do. Which is kind of nice. So the games are a little, little snappier. Snappy. You know, if, you got, if you don't got a lot of time, exactly. Watch one of those. Um, another new one that came up is something called TNG Productions. I've watched a couple of their games so far. I feel they're pretty good. Nice. Um, they're they're new though. They're still working on it. Um, and uh, but I did, but I do like it, and I do enjoy them. Yeah. And make sure if, if you if you go to any of these YouTube channels, make sure you actually listen to them and do the subscribe like. Yeah. Uh, Which, comments. by the way, yeah. you should totally go on our iTunes thing and, you know, give us a rating. You know, it really helps out 
um the visibility of these uh of these people trying to give you guys content all you have to do is go on there hit five stars you know put a little comment hey this guy great i listen to these guys all the time yeah and some people you know, are like oh i don't really want to sign up for patreon i don't really want to like use ad block on youtube or whatever yeah, we don't, we you don't have taking a- away from their money but if you just with well, a good a solid way to support these guys for free is just doing what they ask and subscribing liking and commenting on their their stuff it really helps them out so that's a good nice free effortless way to to help out uh these channels that you watch for free right help them. and and, and the, the last one that i'm going to recommend of course is my friend christopher spark that's s-p-a-r-k-e at the end if you look him up on youtube it'll pop up and there is his shining face but if you want to watch games that i'm actually involved in um yeah or our friends yeah and uh, yeah we, we we've had we've been on him uh on his channel a few times um and if you want to watch that game where he where he made me go i i'm still really mad yeah like still really mad and the thing is is that had i won that game i had a chance at the glass and it's like i lost that was a first round game so it's like i had to play the rest of the thing knowing i wasn't going to beat him so so mad anyway but but the thing is and this is why it's a good idea you should definitely watch tape of your own games because i realized that i could have won that first game if i just moved scathel back and tried not to rage kill the bat squig yep and and i learned that just to be like hey look when you're ahead just back off and let the game end Another thing that it helps is a lot of times with these channels, you can see what's in each person's hand, if depending on the level of editing that they choose to do. Right. And like, I remember I was playing you and we talked about this last week. I was playing you with the Thundrix Profiteers. You were playing the Yothari Guardians. And I basically had the game in the bag. Had I just moved one of one of my guys who has a movement for it was Drax Pure in into adjacent to one of my own fighters rather than. Just moving off into the distance so you couldn't kill me and then or i would have uh, you wouldn't have scored um alone in, the darkness. alone in the darkness so when you can yeah. see the people's hands you can sort of like think about it from that perspective you think about um what your opponent has rather than just what you have or what uh the onboard implications are of your of your playing right and, and and a little game you can play with yourself if they have that where you can see what the game is see if you can predict their next move yeah Right. And, and and see if you can be like, oh, so if this was me, I would move this guy over here, make that attack, throw sorry, I throw a haymaker, then I would move in, do that attack, and then finish him off with pangs of the great lack. You know, something like that. Um, so and it just makes you more it just makes makes you more uh, you know, into the strategy of the game. And of course it's just gonna make you a better player. Um, so especially if you can watch tape of your own games, but certainly watching tapes of other people's games is also a good idea. Good to go? Yep, I think we're done. I think we're done. All right, so we'll leave it at that. Episode 14 in the books. Everybody, thank you very much. Remember to go on to your favorite podcast, maybe, which, you know, it should be should be ours. Anyway, go on, give us a rating, give us a comment. Um, it just makes us more visible to the community, and then we can just make sure that we're continuously giving good content. Um, are we giving good content, Randall? Are we doing good? Hell yeah! Um, I hope yeah. For yeah. I'm and then not, also while you're there, while you're campus. while you're at it, go ahead and give a good old like to your favorite Shadespire YouTuber. Let them know yeah. that you appreciate them. Right. All right. Do that. Okay, everybody. So uh, from Battle for Salvation this is Max Bernstein. I'm Randall Slate. See y'all next time.